When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael. I'm here with Marissa Saez, and we are at the Excalibur Hotel and Resort out in Las Vegas. Going to talk about a massive victory over Utah State in the Mountain West quarterfinals. The Rams take that one 53 to 51 advance to play San Diego State Friday night. That will be a 10 p.m. Mountain Time tip off. Going to be a late night. Marissa played college basketball. I, I've been meaning to get her on the pod for a while now. This was the first time she had an opportunity to watch the Rams in person. What kind of stood out to you about this game? What stands out to you about this team? Yeah, at least for the game, um, I would say that it was kind of stagnant at the beginning. We talked about it at the you know at the start of the game. There wasn't a lot of ball movement. It seemed like they were kind of stuck on the outside, kind of playing an outside motion. Um, but as the game went on, they started to find that rhythm of cutting to the basket, getting to the rim, and making those good plays. Um, so it was kind of a slow process, but I think that eventually they found out um, how to get inside. I think the ball screens that they were creating helped a ton. Um, David Roddy, of course, immaculate, um, as well as Stevens, just great, aggressive player. Um, I had such a good time watching him play last night. I'm glad you brought that up because obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm driving the hype train for David Roddy. He's a team DNVR athlete. Love the dude. But Isaiah Stevens, he's so crafty. And, and in my opinion, one of the more underappreciated point guards in, in all of college basketball. He's a phenomenal facilitator. He's so aggressive. But his ability to just play at his own pace and, and you know, get in the paint. And that was a big thing that Nico Medved talked about last night. I mean, this was a matchup where neither team could really buy a buy a jump shot. The, the Aggies went 1 of 15 from 3. That's 7%. CSU was only 3 of 18, so 17%. Not much better. You had to be able to work it down low. You had to force the issue a little bit. It was a physical game. There was a lot of contact. You had to finish, you know, with through the trees, and and he just did that consistently. Right, right. Well, and the other thing you have to realize is like they were. It was such a close game that you would imagine a team to find panic at some point in some form. And Stevens just had a cool head, and that was something that was really interesting. Was he never panicked? He always was ready to go. And I mean, even when he was going into the basket, there was no. You know, with his aggressiveness, he laid it up clean. It was a nice shot. I mean, everything about him, it was just smart. He was a true playmaker last night. I mean, you look at that that final play. Obviously, Chandler Jacobs gets the game-winning layup, and, and we'll talk about him. I, I published a feature. Uh, please go check that out on the DNVR.com just about his journey. But, you know, Stevens, he had to make that play. He gets a high screen from Roddy near the top of the key, kind of spins, works his way through the lane. 
both defenders crash on him. So instead of trying to force it, you know, he, he probably could have drawn a foul there and he's a 90 plus percent free throw shooter. So he's killer there. But instead he trusts his teammate. You know, this is a guy that's made big time shots, made multiple game winning shots for CSU in his career. But when the defense has crashed in on him, he knows I got an open teammate coming to the hoop. He hits the cutter. Jacobs finishes through contact and, you know, the Rams secure the win. Right, and that's just something that you don't always see. I mean, especially in tournament play, I love it because everything's out the door. I mean, everybody wants to win. You get these upsets and stuff, but you get athletes who just panic. I watched it over and over this week, you know, them throwing up shots because they want to get it up. They want to win. They're not really thinking it through. Um, So the fact that he has that in a big game like last night, I mean, he's just, he's phenomenal. The dude's a killer. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Medved said it. He, he had the look in his eye. He, he played with swagger. And, and we're going to get into all of this, but I'm glad you brought up the conference tournaments and the conference championships because speaking of them, you can get in on the money with our partner, DraftKings Sportsbook. You can turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers bet $5 on any team to win, get 200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Illinois listeners, we have some big news. Mobile registration is back right now. You can sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook simply by downloading the app right to your phone. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play for free all March long. These are really cool, and it's an opportunity to uh, win over $250,000 in prizes. It's a quarter of a million dollars, guys. That's big time. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get 200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Man, it, <laughs> if you had money on the game last night, I'm, I'm sure you were sweating through your shirt. It, it just... It was par for the course, right? Like every game that w- that happened yesterday, what ca- really came down to it. I mean, all four games were decided by a total of, of fourteen points, which is that's playoff basketball, that's postseason basketball. They're fighting for their lives, and and you kind of mentioned before we went into the break there that you know this team they were composed. You know, down the stretch, you Utah State was a game of runs. They would take the lead. They kept fighting back. They would never lie down. But CSU just kept coming right back at him. Right. And I think last night's game was a game of mental toughness. Like, it was who was going to be tougher in that critical moment. Utah State crumbled and CSU rose. And, like, that was something that was just phenomenal to me. Um, I think that over a period of time, I mean, you and I talked about sweating through our, our <laughs> shirts yesterday. And I was sitting there like, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um but those leaders on that team, they really found it. They kept it going. They kept their cool. And like you said, they've made smart decisions in critical moments, like passing it out instead of driving inside, you know, finding that open shot, taking the smart shot. And that's something that um, made that stood out amongst that team versus Utah State. The impressive thing about doing it against a team like Utah State, and, and obviously this this isn't the same Utah State team that had qualified for the NCAA tournament each of the last three years, you know, losing Niamis Keita, Sam Merrill. Those are big-time players, hard to replicate their production. But this is a this is a team that has a lot of experienced players. Uh, they had a couple of guys come over from UMBC with Ryan Odom. That team was the uh, Baltimore County team that upset the first 16 seed to upset a one in the NCAA tournament a couple of years back. So, I mean, these guys have played 
elite basketball they played in winner go home situations and and CSU has too. I mean, I I think back to last year and you know, I think this is probably a game that that team probably loses. They've had the talent, but it's just hard to win in these contact games where it really comes down to one play and if you lose focus, if you get taken out of it for for any moment, you're going to come up short. And in CSU they just they battled through it. You know, they're were moments where Utah State took the lead, then they would come back with their own run. It was just, right. It was everything you would expect in a postseason basketball with with two veteran teams. Right, exactly. And you got to also remember, like the atmosphere in the you know gym was just was insane. Hostile. I mean, there was screaming, there was yelling. I mean, you and I were sitting on the Utah State side. You could hear some of the things that were being said. Um, you have to be locked in. And my favorite part of the game was at the end when, like, the guys were, like, talking a little bit back to the fans, like, you know, we did it. And that's just, I mean, just getting to know, you know, CSU in the last couple days, really getting to know them. Those guys are locked in. There's, I don't think there's a single thing that's going to throw them off, and that obviously showed last night. I think you nailed it. I mean, it's it's funny that you can get that assessment just from watching them in person one time. But, it, I mean, you can see it. It's It's a body language thing it's demeanor you know there were there were a lot of frustrating moments there were we'll just say the officiating was questionable and you know there's going to be some people that throw a fit about the the charge late in the game and uh you know i'm, I'm a little bit torn because by principle i i kind of hate that charge in that scenario as well and, and i do get the gripe there but it was one of those games where they they just called every ticky tacky little bullshit thing i mean david roddy got called for an over-the-back where he didn't even fucking jump. Yep. Like, I just don't understand why Mountain West can't get better officiating. But I, I think, to me, like, along with the being able to hold your opponent to 51 points and then finding a way to eat this out, the fact that they just stayed cool, like, through this officiating, I wanted to strangle the refs, and I was on the sidelines. Right, right. Well, and you could have, like, you could see Utah State starting to get too wrapped up in what the rest totally. were calling. They kind of got uncomposed yeah. at the end. Yeah, and that's something like as an athlete, you almost have to put on the back burner and just say, you know what? They're not calling it my way. I got to figure out something else. And that's what CSU did while Utah State was too hyper-focused on the fact that like calls shouldn't have been called. And I think it like kind of unwrapped them. The coaching staff like lost it. And that's another thing that when your coaching staff gets hyper-focused on it and then you're hyper-focused on it, you're not focusing on the main point, which is I got to beat this team in a close game. So. I, uh, <laughs> ugh, I'm, I'm getting amped up here just thinking about <laughs> the officiating in this one. Um, you know, we, we talked about it here a little bit, but this was a, this was a pretty hostile environment. There, there were a lot of CSU fans. I'm sure some of the CSU fans said things that the Utah state players as well, the, uh, the Aggies fans, though, that were sitting behind us, man, they, they had some salty language. If you go on Twitter, we posted a, a video of Isaiah Stevens kind of waving goodbye to the crowd. They're, you know, saying, F you, Steven. They're cursing him out. Man, I mean, this was your first experience with Mountain West basketball. What was the atmosphere like? You've also, you know, spent some time at the Pac-12 tournament. Was it more intense? Did the fans seem more engaged? Well, I will say we're in Vegas, so we got a lot of drunk people around us, but um, the Mountain West, there's a lot more intensity. Uh, fans are, I, I would even say, and don't come after me, but a little more passionate. Like, they just are a lot more hardcore and invested into the game. I think that's spot on. You look yeah. at these programs, I mean, look, there there are programs in the Pac-12 that have great fan bases, great support. Right. There's also programs like Stanford and, and Cal and, you know, where it's just, it's not really a 
you know, hype college atmosphere. Right. I mean, I came from the Pacific Northwest. I covered teams down there. Um, and they have intense fans, but Mountain West, man, they they were going to put it to the players. And I love that kind of it. I mean, I love that intensity. It just brings the, to life the game. And so um, we heard some foul words <laughs> and some shouting, but I thought it was great. I think it's still going to be cool. And even tonight, you know, I, I want to see that because I also think it amps up players. It gives them the fire that they want to destroy them. Oh, you could see it. Like they, they were feeding into it. Roddy was, you know, laughing when he would, you know, hear people yelling stuff at him. Isaiah. And then the thing that I really loved is that like you could tell that the players were listening. You know, it was it was fuel for their fire. But, you know, much like the officiating, they didn't get taken out of their game. You know, Isaiah waved to the crowd after the game, gave a little moment. But he goes to the post-game podium and they're, you know, it's like it never even happened. Just calm and cool on to the next one. Yep. Next game. Like they're already locked in. And that's what I said earlier. Like I've never seen a team more set, more ready. I mean, they're not doing a lot of talking. They're just showing it. And it's obviously working out for them. It's great to watch this team play. What were your thoughts on David Roddy? I mean... I feel like Utah State actually defended him pretty well, all things considered. But he still had 13 points, and he only went, or he did go six of nine from the floor. Only nine attempts is, is low for him. So again, they did a pretty good job of, of containing him. But I felt like he just did a really nice job of, of picking and choosing his spots. You know, there were moments where he was aggressive, came up with a couple of massive dunks, had a really big time block late in the second half he just kind of went with the flow of the game. Yeah, he was a little more quiet last night than I've seen before. Um, I got to watch the Boise CSU game. Intense. Um, but he was a lot more quiet. He, But he made those smart decisions. And when he needed to be loud, he was. Like, he wasn't trying to be the star of the game last night. He was just trying to play. Um, and that's something that, like, those dunks. I mean, I freaked out, and I know we're not supposed to, like, show any emotion on the sideline, um, but those were dirty. Those were nasty. They were nasty. Look, you can't be hooting and hollering and then cheering and, you know, chest bumping on the sideline, but it's all right. You know, if, if something cool happens, I'm going to let out an audible, ooh, or, you know, it's just it's a part of the game. Enjoy the game. The people that get all worked up over that kind of stuff are the same kind of people that throw fits over everything on Twitter, <laughs> and we don't need that kind of negativity in our life because... It's all good vibes right now. Just real quick, you know, I, I do feel like there were moments in that first half, especially where they gave up way too many offensive rebounds, and, and that's kind of what prevented CSU from pulling away from this one. You know, like, they had the lead at halftime, but I don't think they necessarily played great in the first half. Right. The, the fact that they, you know, came out so composed in the second half should be shocking to nobody. They're a second-half team, but... I really think they need to to clean things up on the boards, especially going up against a team like San Diego State, who, one, they're a top 10 team in terms of defensive efficiency, so they're going to make it hard for you to score. But if you're giving them extra opportunities, it's just going to bury you. I mean, that's a team that's made the title game in seven of the last eight years. You can't give them more opportunities. Right, and that's why I was asking yesterday, you know, I was looking at kind of how they were pushed out to the outside. I didn't know if they were playing an outside motion, and that was kind of just how they play. I mean, I'm still learning the technical side of this team, you know, and that kind of stuff. But they really had them pushed out. And I think that they had them out on that outside arc. And so it made it hard for them to run in to create those rebounds. So I don't know if it was Utah State that was creating that push or if it was 
the Rams trying to figure out how to kind of get into motion. But I think that's what affected them is that Utah had them pushed so far out that when it came back to rebounding, they had a long way to get back into the paint to get those balls. That's a good point. I mean, Utah State is a team that can get out in transition. Yeah, it was just, it was odd. I mean, CSU's not a team that necessarily, like, dominates on the boards. Like, getting back is a priority for them. But you just, you got to clean it up, you know? Whoever is down there, you got to box out. You got to, you got to make it work. Because if you give San Diego State second chance opportunities, they're going to kill you. They got Matt Bradley, one of the best scorers in the conference. They've also got Nathan Menza, the the defensive player of the year. So this is going to be a crazy test for this Rams, I will say. You know, sometimes history has uh, has a way of repeating itself. We've already seen it kind of repeat itself against San Diego State this year with the orange out victory at home. The students stormed the court, very reminiscent of 2013 or 2017. You know, the only time San Diego State did not make the Mountain West Championship in the last eight years, you know, who eliminated them? CSU. Maybe it will happen once again. I am very much looking forward to being there. Marissa will be there. Our G will be there. We're going to have video content. We're going to have social content. We're going to have post-game stories, everything you can think of, everything your little hearts desire. Make sure that you keep up with all things DNVR Rams as well as DNVR Buffs. Ugh, I know, but Hank does good work. <laughs> it's going to be a blast, man. We're, we're coming up to NCAA tournament. Please check out my feature on Chandler Jacobs. I stayed up until 4 a.m. writing it so that you guys could read it today. Don't do me dirty. Get those numbers up. Um... Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Marissa, thank you so much for for joining me. Looking forward to getting your analysis on more of these pods throughout the conference tournaments as well as March Madness. And uh, we'll be there tonight. (laughs) All right, I'm with Chandler Jacobs, Colorado State men's basketball. Chandler, you only got one year with this program, but... You've seen the way that the community's embraced you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like you and your teammates are really tight. Yeah. What do you think you're going to remember most when you look back on this season? I think what I remember most is um, really just the fans. You know, I feel like I feel like this community is one that um, is so tight knit. You know, from fans, you know, young fans to older fans to teams to like the players, the coaches, just all throughout. You know, I think we all are just so connected, and there's so much love in this place. And I feel like this is the first time I really feel like part of a collective team yeah. and I and not to say that my, my previous teams are bad or anything of that nature but I just I just feel so much love here and I just I this place ever. you obviously had interest from a ton of programs considered going to Texas Tech you yeah. ended up coming here yeah I, I know Ali played a, a big factor in that mm-hmm. What was it about Ali that made you want to come here? And, and has he, you know, been the man that you expected him to be? Yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like he embodied everything that this culture and this community is about. You know, I feel like this community is just filled with so many good, caring people and with so many people that have just good hearts and good intentions. And I feel like it's so hard to find that nowadays, not only in the realm of collegiate athletics, but just in the just in life in general. And I feel like um, he embodies that to the fullest. You know, I almost look at him as almost like a big brother. I'm kind of happy that my seasons that this that I only, I'm only here for one year because he doesn't have, he doesn't always have to be my coach. You know, he can just, I get you, yeah. you know what I'm saying. He can just be somebody I confide in, and I'm excited for that. Um, and I just feel like the, the entire community is that, and that's what I wanted when I was going somewhere. I, that's what I was looking for more than anything else. So I found that, and uh, man, it's been just as true as I thought it would be. I have to imagine when you were kind of considering this all through, you know, you're yeah. looking at guys like. You know, Isaiah and uh, David and John, yeah. and just to name a few. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty good team. Like, yeah. you know, I can come in here and, you know, we can, we can probably do something. Yeah, definitely. 
Are they better than you expected? Oh, hell yes. I, uh, <laughs> um, emphatically, yeah. I watched Roddy and Isaiah's clips on Synergy, and they are way better than I ever could have imagined. And they were really good on Synergy. But when I got, when I got, you know, seeing Roddy work out before practice and before games, and he does the moves he works on. You know, Isaiah's the exact same way. They are absolute workhorses and also just like top tier individuals. So I almost would say that them as people has exceeded my expectations as well as them as players. And I, yeah, they're, they're amazing. They're way better than I was expecting. Is that kind of what makes this team click? It's, I mean, obviously there's a ton of talent, but yeah. it's that drive, you know, the yeah. willingness to not get satisfied and complacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that, and that comes from Meve, that comes from Ali, that comes from Roddy and Isaiah. You know, those, I feel like those four guys are our key leaders. Um, and I feel like they all embody that we're not satisfied mentality and they all want to push the envelope and get better each and every single day. And, it, and it's hard to not have that wear off on you and everybody else around when those four guys are exuding that every day. So definitely. You guys, you know, you got to gotta buy in the first round. You're not going to play Utah State tomorrow. Yeah, pretty sure. How does your mindset change in like a single elimination format? Can, do, you, do you change anything or is it kind of one of those where it's just like we kind of have to just stick to what we've been doing because that's what's got us here? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think largely it's just sticking with what got you here. But I was watching a game earlier between New Mexico and uh, Nevada and I was talking to Roddy and I was like, well, for one of these teams, their season is over after tonight like after this game like their season is just done like all the practices they're straight in the offseason you know so kind of having that realization um addition to this being my fifth year there is a greater sense of urgency because you realize what's at stake and i think we have a great chance to make the NCAA tournament but if we don't win this tournament there's no guarantee you know so um so to take it out of the hands of the committee we need to go ahead and take care of this ourselves but uh the urgency is definitely there do you think that's Probably the the best thing is just that these guys have experienced it. I mean, like yeah. you said, you've got a lot of stake too. Yeah. It could be your last game. Yeah. I also, you guys are gonna make the turn. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like there's a lot of stake, and I think we all feel that. And I think um, it's cool. I think we all feel that, but we also are still enjoying the moment, enjoying one another, which I think is a very special thing. And it's like a lot of times when teams get in these kind of pressurized situations, they they then begin to. I need to do more. I need to do more because I got to do this for my team. But I think we all realize it's a team effort, and I think we'll show that tomorrow night. I know you weren't a part of it last year, but yeah. Utah State beat CSU in, in the Mountain West semifinals in and Vegas. Okay. Do you think you know? Is do you think that would be added motivation at all, or is it one of those things where it's just like you can't get caught up in that type of stuff? I think it's added motivation for the pre, for the previous year guys too. But you know, Utah State, we've beaten them twice this year, and I'm sure that, that they think that they are a better team than us. So they're going to come in determined not to lose a third time. So, well, and you um, beat them on senior night exactly, in that building. Exactly. So there's going to be a lot of emotion. There's going to be a lot of um, passion from their end. So I think that we have to be aware of that, be mindful of that, um, and you know, allow that to also give us added motivation to avenge the losses and to um, put that to bed. A little bit, so for sure. I know. You know. You got to. Yeah, mission at hand. You yeah. can't look too far ahead. Yeah. But just as far as the NCAA tournament goes, being a guy that, you know, grow up playing basketball your whole life, I mean, that's got to be, you know, a dream come true to finally get that opportunity. Yeah, man. Not only being a guy who's always dreamed of it, but being a guy who's coming from a D2. Like, I think yeah. the largest crowd I probably played in front of was maybe 2,000. And we've had 8,500 8, in Mobi. I've watched March Madness on TV since I was probably five. I had a Duke jersey. I, I have so many stories, you know, about March Madness that I can, that I can relate to you. But um, 
it's just it's remarkable, you know, to have the opportunity to be uh, to be a part of it, and this is why I came in, you know. So to feel it, to be, to have it be at arm's length is absolutely ridiculous, and I'm so excited. What's like your go-to moment, like March Madness? What what comes to mind? Like for me, I think about that crazy like UNC game mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, where it's like hit a yeah. three and then another three. Yeah, another like, three. like oh my god, yeah, yeah, that was wild. Nova. Mine is Carson Edwards. I, That's a great one. I've, I've watched him since I was probably, because he's from Houston, so I've watched him since I was probably 12, 13 years old, and I've always been a big fan of his game. Um, and it, it seemed like everything he shot went in. I think he averaged almost 40 points for the yeah, tournament. I think he broke Steph Curry's yeah. three-point record. Like, I, even to this day, I have, like, a list of, like, YouTube videos that I download, and his highlights from March Madness is one of them because of just the moment, and you just feel it, you know, and that's definitely the moment for me. What do you think is going to go through your mind, like, when you walk in that building, you know? Like, uh, man, I'm in the NCAA tournament. Man, um, it'll be a dream come true for me and in a multitude of ways because I feel like I did it the right way. You know, I could have went to Texas Tech and I could have went somewhere else where I feel like it didn't really align with my core values and, and gotten there. And that could have been fine, you know, but doing it here, I'm doing it with people that I love. I'm doing it with people that I care about and they care about me and that allow me to be myself. And I'm also winning. And I feel like I just got the best of all worlds, you know, here. So uh, it's going to be a surreal moment for me. I, I don't think I could have dreamed it any better. You know, I, I know you haven't been here years, but yeah. Months actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah months, about but, eight months. <laughs> but it's got to be cool to just see, like, you know, obviously there was a great crowd for that Oral Roberts game, yeah. but to just see the excitement build as you know goes on, and like I said, you're ending the year on five straight sellouts. Like that's, that's never happened before. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's cool seeing the fans grow because I feel like each game they become even more just like immersed with us. You know, I feel like after the first sellout, after the first few sellouts and the first, um, you know, rushing the court, it's kind of like, all right, there are fans, you know, whatever it may be. But like by the last one, I was like, okay, y'all just on the team now. And like that, and it feels like that, you know, it feels like um, we're all just one big team. And that is second to none. You don't get that anywhere else, you know, so. Have you thought about that? Like, obviously making the tournament special for you guys as a team, but what it means to the community as a whole and just i mean it's been a decade yeah not only has it been a decade but um i think this is the best year that the csu's Mm -hmm. ever had you know um i guess i guess record rise all that kind of stuff and i think um to do it this year with a guy like david roddy you know being all american and being player of the year and just i feel like it's a storybook ending and i think for the community it means so much because where this is like, I'm the only transfer. Like everybody else is our high school guys and I'm the one transfer and it's not like I was this, you know, high, pro, high profile five-star recruit. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm, in my eyes, I'm homegrown, you know? So like, I feel like it means a lot to the community because we did it the right way. It's gotta be validating too though. Like, I mean, it seems like you have a, a realistic view in the sense like, you know, obviously you jumped up a step in competition. Yeah. But you were a very accomplished player at the D2 level. Yeah, it's gotta be, you know, validating to be like, Look, like I get I'm not coming from Duke, but yeah. like I can get a bucket too. Yeah, and I, it is validating. And, you know, I, I do like little interviews every now and again and people will relay my stats. And I, when I hear them, I'm like, that, that was me. Like I really did that. And where there was D2, D3, junior high, like it, regardless of what it was, it's, it's, it's a feat within of itself. Yeah. And uh, now nah, it does feel good. It does feel good. I often downplay it sometimes because like I'm at Division One now and I try to put that behind me. But some of the stuff I was able to accomplish is like, that's not normal. And I'm just realizing that a little bit. So, yeah, definitely. The last thing I just want to ask you here is, you know, being that you were the guy, like, you know, the David Roddy guy yeah, on your yeah, last team, yeah. and now you come in and you're trying to 
carve out a role. How long did that take you? You want the truth? Yeah. It probably took me till about halfway through the year, to be honest with you, you know, just because like for a long time, I'm, I'm used to you know, doing whatever, shooting whatever and having all these opportunities at my disposal. But, um, but now having to kind of fit into a role has been, um, has been interesting, but it's been fun because it's taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot about the world and about people and about what life is really about, you know, and it's, it's fulfilled me in ways that my career DBU couldn't, for lack of a better word. So um, I'm not averaging as much as I used to, but I think I'm happier than I've ever been. Chandler, I'm certainly glad you transferred over, man. It's been a blast to watch you. Thank you, man. Appreciate Good you. Luck. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Palisade, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the